Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to God, Goals, and Girl Talk, where we discuss living in the culture while living for the kingdom. Join in as we discuss how God's word applies to our lives in relationships, careers, and fulfilling our purpose. Girl, let's talk. Here's your host, Sharla Walker. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of God, Goals, and Girl Talk. If y'all cannot tell... I'm going to let y'all know that my voice is on the sick and the shut-in list and needs prayer. Um, Last weekend, one of my favorite humans got married. So shout out to Mr. and Mrs. Mike and Sharon Rosario. Um, But in the midst of all of the talking, singing, cheering, dancing, I gave the Beyonce performance of my life. Okay? Okay. Um, And all other things bridesmaidy, my voice said, no, I'm on vacation, sis, and you don't have to figure out your life. Um, I'm grateful for some rest, some, you know, some meds, um, but still trying to take it easy, still committed to the show. So if my voice cracks, y'all, y'all just gonna get it today, okay? Um, I want to talk about Um, You know, we had this amazing trip, but of course, Friday, like the rest of the world, um, we found out that Chadwick Boseman, um, most notably known as King T'Challa in the Black Panther, um, had passed away after a private battle with colon cancer um, for four years. And as I continue to sit back and think about the situation, I really just wanted to learn more about who Chadwick Boseman, um, the man, you know who he is um i don't really keep up with celebrity culture like that um the most like celebrity news that i know about it be wrestlers so and i don't even really be keeping up with that like i used to and so i really just wanted to find out more about chadwick boseman like for me black panther was an experience i'm not an avid movie goer i don't watch a lot of movies but i vividly remember being so excited to like go to the movies opening weekend dressed in all black okay thought i was cute had on these these heels and this black leather jacket honey and i was out here doing it for the culture wakanda forever out here okay and um you know even growing up for me there were no black superheroes and so even as an adult um it was important to me to be a part of this experience to um, watch the movie and just kind of have that moment. And when you kind of look back over the work that Chadwick Boseman did, a lot of the roles that he played were icons, right? Jackie Robinson, um, James Brown, like the, the roles that he portrayed were not stereotypical roles. And um, I just wanted to kind of find out more about who he was. And in my um, exploration, it led me to a commencement speech that he had given at Howard University in 2018. He graduated from Howard University. And um, I'm going to share the speech with you guys today. Um, Here's a little disclaimer. He said the D word one time, okay? Y'all gonna be all right. <laughs> like it's gonna be all right. Um, I am gonna share the speech, 
Um, and after we listen to it, I just kind of want to discuss some of the lessons that I pulled from the entire situation. Um, as we have been talking about last month, applying, um, you know, applying this intentionality to our life where we're living in our purpose on purpose. And I think that there is a lot that we can learn um, about not just his life, but also the situation surrounding his death, um, about how to live in your purpose on purpose. You know, he was fairly young in his early 40s. Um, and I just really am in awe at his willingness and his um, of wanting to do everything that God had called him to. I saw a quote that he had given where basically he said he wanted, when he saw God to say, I used everything that you gave me. And we talked about that on our return on investment um, episode. So we are going to um, take a quick break and listen to uh, chat with Bozeman as he gives the 2018 Howard University commencement speech. Hey guys, hope you are enjoying the show. Look, take a minute to go ahead, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode, and leave a review. We love to get feedback from our listeners, and doing this will help us get advertisers that are relevant to our audience. So if you have been blessed by God Goals and Girl Talk, if this is your favorite time of the week, is to spend it with me. First of all, God bless you, sis. I love you. But take some time to go ahead and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode or a bonus episode, and make sure that you leave a review. Now let's get back to the show. Stacey Mobley, please present the speaker, Mr. Chadwick Bozeman. Let's do this. <laughs> Mr. President, I have the honor to present Mr. Chadwick Aaron Bozeman to receive at your hand the honorary degree of Doctor of Humane Letters. Chadwick Aaron Bozeman, quintessential artist, actor, director, writer. Your unique ability to completely embody the characters you chose to portray on screen and stage has created a phenomenal global sensation in the world of film and entertainment unlike any in recent history. Beginning with your work in the film 42 in 2013 as a legendary Jackie Robinson, who broke the color line in Major League Baseball by signing with the Brooklyn Dodgers at a time in America when blatant racism was rampant. And I told Ch Chadwick last night that Jackie Robinson and Martin Luther King Jr. received honorary degrees on the same day right here at Howard University as well. To your exquisite truth alive depiction of the godfather of soul, Mr. James Brown in the film Get On Up, and in 2017, your brilliant role in Marshall, which you co-produced about the iconic civil rights lawyer and first African-American Supreme Court Justice, fellow Capstone alumnus Thurgood Marshall, you have blazed a powerful new path in the world for the presentation of our rich lives of triumph over adversity that have been so sorely ignored for centuries. In this blockbuster year of 2018, audiences and critics around the globe have heralded your magnificence as T'Challa, Black Panther. In the feature film of the same name, and the entire movie has set a fire in the hearts and minds of people of all colors, creeds, and races, the likes of which has never, before, has never been seen before. You said that you had written in a journal years ago your desire to be the Black Panther, the world is in worship of Wakanda, the fictitious, technologically advanced, and mineral-rich African nation ruled by the Black Panther, who is based on a Marvel Comics character, which debuted just over half a century ago. Also in 2018, you reprised your role of T'Challa Black Panther in Avengers Infinity War, which is the fastest film ever to pass $1 billion globally. You came to alma mater as an undergraduate of T.L. Hanna High School in your hometown of Anderson, South Carolina, where you were reared in a loving, supportive home by your mother, Carolyn, and father, Leroy Bozeman. 
Having written and performed plays in your junior year, your focus was initially on directing, and you earned a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree in directing in 2000. You were fortunate to have taken classes from the acclaimed Felicia Richard, who raised the funds for you and fellow classmates to attend the British American Drama Academy in London. While your plan was to hone your talents as a writer-director, it was your exposure to Rashad's teaching that opened you to the fruits of acting as well. Settling in New York, you began your career teaching drama at the Schomburg Center for Research in Black Culture in the Junior Scholars Program in Harlem in 2002. You landed your first television role on Third Watch in 2003 and had a series of other roles on CSI, New York, Law and & Order, and ER, to name a few. While continuing to write plays, you felt it was possible to do it all despite your agent pressing you to choose one artistic area of focus. Ultimately, you did see the value in this advice, even though you had success with Deep Azor, based on the tragic true story of Howard alarmed Prince Jones, who was murdered by a Prince George's County police officer. Your decision to move to Los Angeles in 2008 opened the way for more achievements, as with your role in the television series, Lincoln Heights, then your first feature film, The Express, and a regular role on Persons Unknown in 2010. Other films included The Kill Hole, released just before 42, in which you starred opposite Harrison Ford, Draft Day with Kevin Costner in 2014, and Gods of Egypt, in which you played Thought. Chadwick A. Boseman, beloved son of alma mater, your dedication to excellence, your pioneering indomitable spirit, and motivated commitment to your craft stands as the hallmarks of your incredible life and career. You are a shining exemplar of our cherished core values of leadership, excellence, truth, and service. It is with heartfelt respect and loving gratitude that we salute and honor you as orator on the historic occasion of our 150th commencement, conferring upon you the degree Doctor of Humane Letters Honoris Causa. Congratulations. Ladies and gentlemen, I have the distinct honor to present to you our 2018 Commencement Convocation keynote speaker, Dr. Chadwick Boseman. As you just heard, he is a true son of Howard, and Dr. Boseman refined his extraordinary talents right here as an undergraduate student under the mentorship of many remarkable people who have passed through these these halls. Dr. Bozeman possesses all of the qualities that we embodied. And even when the lights are turned off and there are no cameras, those qualities continue to shine brightly. And so it is for this reason I'm pleased to introduce the commencement orator, Dr. Chadwick Bozeman. First, giving honor to the Creator and my ancestors on whose shoulders I stand. Happy Mother's Day to my mom. She is not here in attendance, but, but by tomorrow she will have seen this. <laughs> Let me also acknowledge my professors who have passed on to the other side. Because of work obligations over the past few years, I miss memorials that were held here for them. Professor Al Freeman, Jr., Professor Mike Malone, Professor Reggie Ray, Dr. Henrietta Edmonds, Professor Joe Selman, Dr. Johnson, and Dr. Singleton. Professors and instructors that may be present, George Epstein, Tony Starnes, 
Denise Saunders, Professor Roberts Williams, and Professor Vera Katz. Your lessons continue to guide and, and enlighten me to this day. To President Wayne Frederick and the Board of Trustees, thank you for bringing me back here and giving me this distinguished award. It's overwhelming to be recognized amongst this year's other honorees. I can think of no better place to be right now after the Black Panther and Avengers campaigns than to return and participate in these gradu graduation ceremonies with you. It is a great privilege, graduates, to address you on your day, a day marking one of the most important accomplishments of your life to date. This is a magical place, a place where the dynamics of positive and negative seem to exist in extremes. I remember walking across this yard on what seemed to be a random day, my head down, lost in my own world of issues, like many of you do daily. I'm almost at the center of the yard. I raised my head, and Muhammad Ali was walking towards me. Time seemed to slow down as his eyes locked on mine and opened wide. He's raised his fist into a quintessential guard. I was game to play along with him, to act as if I was a worthy opponent. What an honor to be challenged by the GOAT, the greatest of all time, for a brief moment. His face was as serious as if I were Frazier in the Thriller in Manila. His movements, his movements or flashes of a, of a past greater than I can imagine. His security let the joke play along for a second before they ushered him away. And I walked away floating like a butterfly. <laughs> I walked away amused at him, amused at myself, amused at life for this moment that almost no one would ever believe. I walked away light, ready to take on the world. That is the magic of this place. Almost anything can happen here. Ain't you? Howard University. I was riding here and I, I heard on the radio somebody call it Wakanda University. <laughs> but it has many names, the Mecca, the Hilltop. It only takes one hour, one tour of the physical campus to understand why we call it the Hilltop. Every day is leg day here. That's why some of you have cars. During my junior and senior years, I lived in a house off campus at Bryant Street. For those of you, that's right, Bryant Street. <laughs> For those of you who don't know what that means, that's at the bottom of the hill where the incline gets real. Almost every day, I would walk the full length of the hill to fine arts where most of my classes were, carrying all of my books because once you walk that far on foot, you're not walking back home until it's time to go home for good. But beyond the physical campus, the hilltop represents the culmination of the intellectual and spiritual journey you have undergone while you were here. You have been climbing this academic slope for at least three or four years for some of you, maybe even a little bit more. Throughout ancient times, institutions of learning have been built on top of hills to convey that great struggle is required to achieve degrees of enlightenment. Each of you had your own unique difficulties with the hill. For some of you, the challenge was actually academics. When you hear the words magna cum laude, Cum laude, you know that's, that's not you. That's not you. You, you, you worked hard, you, you did your best, but you didn't make A's or B's, sometimes C's. You never made the Dean's list, but that's okay. You're here on top of the hill. And I want to say something to that. You know, sometimes your grades don't, 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 don't give a, 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 a real indication 
of what your greatness might be. So it really is okay. For others, it was financial. You and your family struggled to make ends meet every semester of your matriculation. You had to stand in one line to get to another line, to get to another line for somebody that might help you. You had to work an extra job or two, but you're here. For a lot of you, not all, but, but a lot of you, your hardest struggle was social. Some of you never fit in. You, you were never as cool and as popular as you wanted to be, and it, and it bothers you. So your social struggles here became psychological. Even though you made it up the hill, you carry the baggage of rejection with you, but you're here. Or some of you went through something traumatic. You made it to the top of the hill, but, but not without scars and bruises. Some of you fit in too much. You were on the yard rapping on your frat block when you were supposed to be in class. <laughs> or you got caught up in the DC party life. I, I know how that is. I mean, we're right here in the midst of the city. Sometimes you forgot you were in school. You probably could have graduated with honors, but instead you were getting an oh yeah degree today. <laughs> oh yeah, I have class. Oh yeah, I have that paper due. Oh yeah, I have a final. You were literally too cool for school. You waited until the last minute to do your best work and it's a wonder that you made it up the hill at all because you carried the baggage of too much acceptance. Most of you graduating here today struggled against one or more of the impediments or obstacles I've mentioned in order to reach this hilltop. When completing a long climb, one first experiences dizziness, disorientation, and shortness of breath due to the high altitude. But once you become accustomed to the climb, your mind opens up to the tranquility of the triumph. Oftentimes, the mind is flooded with realizations that were for some reason harder to come to when you were at a lower elevation. At this moment, most of you need some realizations because right now you have some big decisions to make. Right now, I urge you in your breath, in your, in your eyes, in your, in, your, in your consciousness, invest in the importance of this moment and cherish it. I, I know some of you might have partied last night. You should, you should celebrate, but this moment is also part of that celebration. So savor the taste of your triumphs today. Don't just swallow the moment whole without digesting what has actually happened here. Look down over what you conquered and appreciate what God has brought you through. Some of you here struggled against the university itself. This year, students protested and took over the A building, formulated a list of demands, and negotiated with our president and administration to determine the direction of our institution. It's impressive. Similarly, during my years here at Howard, we also protested and took over the A building in order to preserve Howard's alum, annual, in order to preserve Howard's annual appropriations from Congress. President H. Patrick Swagger decided to, re to reduce the number of colleges at the university. By his plan, engineering would need to merge with architecture, nursing would merge with allied health, and fine arts, my school, would be absorbed by arts and sciences. That's how we saw it, absorbed. <laughs> For many of us in fine arts, this signaled to us that our cur curriculums or the curriculums of students following us might become watered down concentrations. This undermined the very legacy we were proud to be a part of and aim to continue. The fine arts program had produced Felicia Rashad, Debbie Allen, Isaiah Washington, Richard Wesley, Donnie Hathaway, Roberta Flack, just to name a few. We, 
we felt that, yes, yes, you can go on and on. You can go on and on. You can go on and on. We felt that we could compete with students from Juilliard, NYU, and Cal Lodge as long as we continued to have a, a concentrated dosage that rivaled a conservatory experience. But without it, although we took over the A building for several days and presented our arguments to President Swaggart and the administration, the schools were still merged. Thus, the current collection or formation of schools exists. That's why I view your recent protest as such an accomplishment for, for both sides of the debate, student and administration. I didn't come here to take sides. My interest is what's best for the school. A Howard University education is not just about what happens in the classroom, students. In some ways, what, what you were able to do exemplifies some of the skills you learned in the classroom. It takes the education out of the realm of theory and into utility and practice. Obviously, your organization's skills were unprecedented. I'm told that you organized shifts so that you could at least continue some of your classes. We missed all our classes when <laughs> we were in the A building. And I'm told that through donations, there was always an ample helping of food. I probably ate a slice of pizza during the entirety of our, our three-day protest. So your organization and planning was impeccable. You received the majority of your demands, making a significant impact on those who came after you. As is often the case, those that follow most often enjoy the results of the progress you gain. You love the university enough to struggle with it. Now, I have to ask you that you have, you have to continue to do that, even now that you received your demands, even if you're walking today, you have to continue to do that. Everything that you fought for was not for yourself. It was for those that come after. You could have been disgruntled and transferred, but you fought to be participants in making this institution the best that it can be. But I must also applaud President Wayne Frederick and the administration for listening to the students. Your freedom of speech was exercised in a way where you can contribute to this place. It also shows that you can contribute to the democracy. The administration and the campus police at the time when I was pro protesting was not nearly as open-minded as this current one. I know this was a difficult time, but because of both of you, I believe Howard is a few steps closer to the actualization of its potential, the potential that many of us have dreamed for it. Students, your protests are also promising because many of you will leave Howard and enter systems and institutions that have a, have a history of discrimination and marginalization. The fact that you have struggled with this university that you love is a sign that you can use your education to improve the world that you are entering. I was on a roll when I entered the system of entertainment, theater, television, and film. In my first New York audition for a professional play, I landed the lead role. From that play, I got my first agent. From that agent, I got an on-screen audition. It was a soap opera. It wasn't Third Watch. It was a soap opera on a major network. I scored that role, too. I felt like Mike Tyson, when he first came on the scene, knocking out opponents in the first round. With this soap opera gig, I was already promised to make six, six figures, more money than I had ever seen. I was feeling myself. But once I got the first script, and with soap operas, you very often get the script the night before, and you shoot the whole episode in one day with little to no time to prepare. Once I saw the role I was playing, I found myself conflicted. The role wasn't necessarily stereotypical. 
A young man in his formative years with a violent streak pulled into the allure of gang involvement. That's somebody's real story. Never judge the characters you play. That's what we were always taught. That's, that's the first rule of acting. And any role played honestly can be empowering. But I was conflicted because this role seemed to be wrapped up in assumptions about us as black folk. The writing failed to search for specificity. Plus, there was barely a glimpse of positivity or talent in the character, barely a glimpse of hope. I would have to make something out of nothing. I was conflicted. Howard had instilled in me a certain amount of pride, and for my taste, this role didn't live up to those standards. It was just my luck that after filming the first two episodes, execs of the show called me into their office and offices and told me how happy they were with my performance. They wanted me to be around for a long time. They said, if there was anything that I needed, just let them know. That was my opening. <laughs> I decided to ask them some simple questions about the background of, of my character, questions that I felt were pertinent to the plot. Question number one, where's my father? The exec, the exec answered, well, he left when you were younger. Of course. Okay. Okay. Question number two. If this script, in this script, it alluded to my mother not being equipped to operate as a good parent. So why, why exactly would, would my little brother and I have to go into foster care? Matter-of-factly, he answered, well, of course, she's on heroin. That could be real, I guess. But I didn't want to assume that's what it was. If, if we're around here assuming that the black characters in the show are criminals on drugs and deadbeat parents, then that would probably, probably be stereotypical, wouldn't it? That word, stereotypical, lingered. One of the execs pulled out my resume and began studying it. The other exec wore a smile, trying to live up to what they had promised me only a few moments before. If there's anything you need, just let us know. She said, as, as you have seen, things move really fast around here. But we are more, more than happy to connect you with the writers if you have suggestions. Yeah, I said, that, that would be great, I said, because I'm just trying to do my homework on this. I, I, didn't, I didn't know if you guys had decided on all the facts, but maybe there are some things we could come up with, some talent or gift that we could build. Maybe he's really good at math or something. He has to be active. I'm doing my best not to play this, this character like a victim. So you went to Howard University, huh? The exec holding my resume interrupted, peeking over the pages. Yes, I said proudly. He slid my resume back in his desk and said, thank you for your concerns. We'll be watching you. I left the office. I shot the episode I had come in to shoot on that, on that day. Probably the best one I did out of the three because I got what was bothering me off my chest. I was let go from that job on the next day. A, call, a phone call from my agent. They decided to go another way. The questions that I asked set the producers on guard and perhaps paved the way for a less stereotypical portrayal for the black actor that stepped into the role after me. As the scripture says, I planted the seed and Apollos watered it. But God kept growing. God kept it growing. Yet and still, when you invest in a seed, watching it grow without you, that is a bitter pill to swallow. A bitter pill. Anybody that's ever been fired knows what I'm talking about. Even if you really don't want the job, when they let you go, it's like any breakup. You act like you don't care. I didn't need that damn job anyway. <laughs> I didn't need them. But when you have those moments alone, you start to wonder if there was a better way to handle it. And if you could have, if you could have handled it better, maybe you could help your family. And, and then before you know it, you're broke 
and you find yourself scraping together change just so you can ride the subway so that you can get the next job. And maybe if you could book something else, that would eclipse the feeling of doubt that's building, but it seems like you can't pay them to hire you now. My agents at the time told me it might be a while before I got a job acting on screen again. Well, that was fine because I never wanted to act in the, in the first place. I, and I definitely didn't want to be caught dead going after a fake Hollywood pipe dream. I'm more of a writer-director anyway, so forget their stories. I can tell my own stories. But, but am I actually blackballed? We're hesitant about sending you out to some people right now because there is a stigma that you're difficult. As conflicted as I was before I lost the job, as adamant as I, I was about the need to speak truth to power, I found myself even more conflicted afterwards. I stand here today knowing that my Howard University education prepared me to play Jackie Robinson, James Brown, Thurgood Marshall, and T'Challa. But what do you do when the principles and standards that were instilled in you here at Howard close the doors in front of you? Sometimes you need to get knocked down before you can really figure out what your, what your fight is and how you need to fight it. At some point, my mom reverted back to my experiences here to the professors that challenged me and struggled against me. Professor Roberts Williams, Doc Singleton, George Epstein, to name a few, the ones that, that would fail you out of the goodness of their hearts. <laughs> and this may be hard to grasp for some, for some of you right now, but I even considered President Swagger and how negotiating with him was practice for a world that was considerably more cruel and unforgiving than any debate here, one that had no interest in my ideals and beliefs. How would I maneuver through all of this? Finally, I thought of Ali in the middle of the yard. It is elder years drawing from his victories and his losses. At that moment, I realized something new about this, the greatness of Ali and how he carried his crown. I realized that he was transferring something to me on that day. He was transferring the spirit of the fighter in me. He was, he was transferring the spirit of the fighter to me. He was transferring the spirit of the fighter to me. Sometimes you need to feel the pain and sting of defeat to activate the real passion and purpose that God predestined inside of you. God says in Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Graduating class, hear me well on this day. When you had this day when you have reached the hilltop and you are deciding on, on next jobs, next steps, careers, further education, you would rather find purpose than a job or a career. Purpose crosses disciplines. Purpose is an essential element of you. It is the reason you are on the planet at this particular time in history. Your very existence is wrapped up in the things you are here to fulfill. Whatever you choose for a career path, remember the struggles along the way are only meant to shape you for your purpose. When I dare to challenge the system that would relegate us to victims and stereotypes with no clear historical backgrounds, no hopes or talents, when I questioned that method of portrayal, a different path opened up for me the path to my destiny. When God has something for you, it doesn't matter who stands against it. God will move someone that's holding you back away from a door and put someone there who will open it for you. 
if it's meant for you. I don't know what your future is, but if you're willing to take the harder way, the more complicated one, the one with more failures at first than successes, the one that has ultimately proven to have more meaning, more victory, more glory, then you will not regret it. Now, this is your time. <laughs> the light of new realization shines on you today. Howard's legacy is not wrapped up in the money that you will make, but the challenges that you choose to confront. As you commence to your past, press on with pride and press on with purpose. God bless you. I love you, Howard. Howard forever. Hey guys, it's your girl, Sharla Walker, the host of God, Goals, and Girl Talk. I am here to talk to you today about starting your own podcast. If you want to start your own podcast, I'm going to share my podcasting secrets with you. I use a program called Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way for you to make a podcast. First off, it is free 99, costs you no money at all. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, and many more platforms. You can make money with your podcast, getting your coins with no minimum listenership. It is everything that you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you are wanting to do something new in 2020, you want your voice to be heard, you want to start a podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Now let's get back to the show. Y'all, that speech was so good. Like, I really encourage y'all to go back and listen to it again and watch it on YouTube because you can see that when they're introducing him to come up and get his honorary degree, um, his honorary doctorate, because he graduated from there, so he already had a degree. But you can see him praying. And that really, really, um, you know, touched me. And I just love how he discussed fulfilling the purpose that God has given us. Um, and then following, you know, the series that we just did about living in purpose on purpose, I really just wanted to take the opportunity to discuss some lessons that I've learned surrounding the situation about Chadwick's last four years um, of his life and how he really handled um, dealing with his diagnoses. And I really am comforted by the fact that from what I see and from the little that I do know about him, that he had a relationship um, with God. And so I feel comforted that he is, you know, with the Father. And that really just makes my heart happy. Um, and so we're going to go over, I have four lessons um, that I feel like are important to take away from this. And, you know, while this is sad, I feel like this is an opportunity for us to hold ourselves accountable, for us to um, be able to do some self-reflection and to be able to glean some um, wisdom from how this whole situation was handled. And so my first lesson um, that I've learned was to always extend grace because you never know what battles others are fighting. And I know that this seems really elementary, but this is such a fundamental lesson um, that I believe this situation brings to the forefront. A lot of times we have a tendency to see things um, and pass judgment 
whether it be like a celebrity, a family member, or even like complete strangers, right? We have a tendency to make assumptions that can be just like super wrong and toxic, like just flat out toxic. Um, Chadwick had to remove some pictures and videos um, from his social media accounts and had to turn off comments because of like the criticism, jokes, and just like straight up hate, like being spewed at him. Um, somebody told me that they were calling him the crack panther. Like, come on, bro. Um, because you could see that he was clearly losing weight and doing so um, in a dramatic fashion. And, you know, as we live intentionally or on purpose, we have to remember to extend grace, right? We need to extend the same grace that God has given us, um, even when we don't deserve it. And as representatives of Christ, we have been charged with um, edifying or uplifting and giving grace to others. Um, with the words that we choose to speak and or type okay because people be out here with the twitter fingers and got the internet courage so you know the bible tells us let no corrupt communication proceed from your mouth but that which is good to be used of edifying and that may minister grace to the hearers and that's in Ephesians 4.29 in the King James Version. And this isn't something that comes natural, like especially if you feel like you've been crossed or offended in some way. Um, however, we should all work for our first response to be prayer, right? Like imagine if all of those people who had said something nasty, who had, um, you know, decided to make jokes, Instead of being in his comment section with, you know, speculation of drug use and all of that, what if their first response had been prayer? Like, how could things have changed? God's will was going to be done nonetheless, but I feel like there's so much power in prayer. Like, what if the first response had been prayer? instead of making these negative assumptions. There was a um, an actor that he had worked with um, on the movie, The Five Bloods. And I was watching this, um, you know, he was kind of giving his thoughts and he remembered, he, he's regretting um, the negative feelings that he had. He said that he thought Chadwick was precious. He had told his wife that. And um, because in between scenes, he was in his trailer and he was getting massages and his, you know, his, um, his wife was like there holding his hand and, you know, he had, you know, like basically a team of people surrounding him and he thought that he would, you know, he had let the fame of Black Panther go to his head and you could just, the amount of guilt that he felt, um, for having whatever negative assumptions when really this man was battling cancer and that's why he had these people surrounding him and making sure that he was good um, I think that it just really speaks to you know extending grace you don't know what they have going on mind your business okay lesson one always extend grace because you never know the battles that others are fighting prayer should be our response not persecution. Lesson two, don't always feel the need to address false statements about you. Now look, y'all. Um, some of these people were mad disrespectful in the comment section. Okay, like one thing I really do admire um, about this situation is that no matter how many rumors swirled, no matter how much ridicule was dished out, he never addressed the foolishness and we can really learn a lot from this he was so busy fighting his battle and living out the purpose that god had called him to um that he didn't have time for twitter fingers or clapbacks in the comments and <clears throat> i just i i don't know how many of us would be successful at simply like removing posts, deleting comments, and moving on. Sometimes we can't do that 
even when the post isn't about us so let's be for real okay like we in the shade room in the comments doing stuff we ain't got no business <laughs> because like arguing about people we don't know um I just feel like there's something really to be said about being so focused on what God has called you to do that you don't entertain the commentary of the spectators, right? I'll, I'll, I heard once that when you um, you give life to negative statements if you address them. Now there are some things that like if there's a huge allegation and you know it's kind of like there use wisdom when you are addressing things. So not to say that if somebody like um, there's this. Uh, situation about um, church abuse um, with a, a somewhat popular um, pastor and his wife and they for a long time have just ignored it that's different like you need to be wise if people are coming out and speaking out against you you need to address what's going on but people in your comment section because you don't lost some pounds like that that's different so we need to use wisdom um but don't always feel the need to address the statements about you a lot of times when you you give life to that statement like you validate the criticism sometimes when you address you know every single person that has something negative to say and the bible tells us in proverbs 26 and 4 don't answer the foolish arguments of fools or you will become as foolish as they are and i think that chadwick understood that he was on borrowed time and that his priorities were shifted to other things than to appease or provide information to people who didn't even know him right like how many times have you found yourself in the comment section for hours but when you realize that you are on borrowed time um you don't waste your time doing that as a culture i feel like we really have a bad habit of feeling entitled um to every detail of the lives of celebrities and um we have a tendency to forget that they are people they are not a product that you bought you may feel like you're invested in you know their works and this and that but they are people they are not products. They don't have to give you every detail of their life. They don't even know you. Like, you may feel like you have a level of investment, but these are still human beings. These are people. These are God's children. And so don't feel like, like, everybody don't have to tell you nothing. All these celebrities don't, oh, well, you need to tell us what's going on with it. No, nope. Mind your business. Um, I feel like we have to get better at allowing God to fight our battles, too. Right. Like many of the battles that we are in, a lot of times are self-imposed and they're distractions. And this, you know, is so important because time is your most valuable resource um, because it's already scarce. And none of us know the day or the hour that will be called home. So, you know, you have to really allow God to be the one to take vengeance, to be the one to vindicate you and to make your enemy your footstool. And while that's easier said than done, because our flesh is egotistical and prideful, I said what I said, um, you really have to stop casting your pearls onto swine. It's like, you cannot be out here trying to um, drop gems in the mud. Like, no, you should be so busy in your purpose that you don't have time to operate outside of whatever assignment God gave you. So... You know, like I said, lesson two, don't always feel the need to address the statements that are the false statements that are made about you. Check God's Resume is a personal reflection journal that challenges you to build God's resume in your life. Do you often feel like signs and wonders do not occur in your life? Are you feeling like you're in an impossible season? Sis, no, it is time for you to check God's resume. His goodness and his miracles are all over your life. He has been doing this. 
I had such an amazing time developing this journal and God reminded me of so many times where he has kept me. And if you are looking for a great tool to improve your posture of gratitude and just to learn more about the character of God, this journal is for you. It's available on Amazon and it makes for a great gift and it's great for a Bible group study tool too. Now, I want you to get this journal. Like I said, it is phenomenal. It's over 200 pages. There's guided study. Um, you learn about the different names and character of God and you literally go through and build his resume from his personal information all the way down to his accolades and awards just like you would build your own resume it is so cool it's so fun and God just really reminded me of all of the crazy situations that I found myself in where he had his hand on my life y'all he been out here saving us okay get the journal get in a position and a posture of gratitude i pray that it blesses you you need to get it now let's get back to the show okay and we are back so lesson three um be wise when building your support system four years y'all okay for four years, Chadwick's, his friends, his family, his co-workers, um, and his team that knew the battle he was fighting, um, they respected and protected his wishes to fight this battle privately. And in a society where people will literally do anything for a bag and some fame, this is so monumental to me. Um... As I continue to grow in age, I've really learned a lot about it not being the quantity of people around you, but the quality. Um, and while it's not about keeping secrets, um, like, you know, you don't want to protect people and keep secrets that are that are things that need to be brought to light. Um, but you should be able to share in confidence with those in your circle. So there's a difference between sharing something in confidence and keeping a secret. I think secret has more of a negative connotation, but if I share something with you in confidence that I need you to pray for, it's between me, you, and Jesus. Me and my dad, when I call him and I really need to talk to him about something, I'll be like, yo, this is a me, you, and Jesus conversation. <laughs> um, And this is something that you know, the Bible addresses in Proverbs 11 and 13, it says a gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep, um, can keep a confidence. And so when you're walking in your purpose, um, I think it's just a really good side note that everyone is not going to be able to go where you're going. And then once, um, you know, once you get to that place, you're going to have to constantly evaluate who you're allowing in your circle, what things you share with people. Everybody is not your friend. And I feel like my mama used to say that to me all the time. And it's as I continue to get older that I learned that. Um, I learned that you have to constantly pivot, that your relationships with people constantly change. Like, okay, we, like, I don't have no hard feelings, but we're not friends. Like, we chit-chat, but we're not friends. If you... If I find that you have put yourself out of position, that you, you know, are, for whatever reason, um, getting in the way of how I operate, how I live my life, um, not respecting boundaries, we don't have to make some changes, child. And it don't have to be this big, huge, dramatic thing. It's just that you have this wisdom now. You have this knowledge and you need to apply it to so that you are walking in wisdom. So you can have knowledge, right, that, okay, you know that Sally Sue can't hold water in a cup. Don't tell Sally Sue everything. That does not mean that you and Sally Sue can't go have lunch. But the level of things that y'all talk about, it needs to be, you need to be okay with it being on the news because she can't hold water in a cup, right? So you have this knowledge and you apply it and now it's wisdom. If you know that, you know, um, somebody you're cool with that they don't operate in integrity like okay great this isn't somebody that you need to be um, you know divulging in all of your you know your secrets with if you are um, planning to write a book and you know that 
um, this person will do whatever for a quick bag, don't tell them what you're going to write your book about because they'll turn around, uh, change a couple words, and then put the book out. Like That may not be the person that you want to have edit your book or proofread your book for you because you know that they don't operate in, te- in integrity and they'll turn around and take your idea and publish it themselves. You see what I'm saying? Like that, Those kinds of things you need to really, really um, be be okay with happening as you continue to walk in your purpose. I once heard um, an analogy about um, how with rockets, every time a rocket hits a new level in the atmosphere when it's taking off, pieces of the rocket fall off. And so as God evaluates us, um, understand that there's just some stripping that's going to take place and you don't need to resist or be afraid of the stripping like every piece of the rocket was necessary when it was built but as it gets to new atmospheres you know the wings fall off and this falls off um because it makes it heavy and it would not continue to elevate so you know it can be hard it can be a struggle you're gonna have to make some hard decisions um but it can be done and i think that the quality of people that you have around you, even to the point where I'm sure that some of these people saw the stuff that was being said in his comments and did not jump to defend him to keep his integrity, like to keep his to keep his um, battle in confidence. And I think that that is just so, it says a lot. Um, and I think that that's something that we can learn. Like you just really have to be wise when you're building your circle or your support system of those people who are around you. And my last lesson is run your race until completion. And um, we, I did a show on run your own race. And so what I think is so like just, like, okay, I have no excuses. In the last four years, right, Chadwick got this diagnosis. And following this diagnosis, he gave us Black Panther, 42, 21 Bridges, all these Avengers movies, James Brown, uh, uh, The Five Bloods. Like, y'all get the point. Like, he gave us all of these films, a lot of them where he was very physically... Um, very much so physically doing things, right? Um, He continued also to visit young children battling cancer um, and continued activism work. He did not allow a doctor's report to stop him from running his race. And he transcended roles and he broke down stereotypes of like what black male leads could play. Um, And he was just really set on giving God a return on the investment of talents that he had received and he didn't get weary in his well-doing and I really really like we have no excuses he really took the time and understood that um, with this diagnosis he was going to die on empty like he was not going to say okay because I have cancer I'm gonna sit here and do nothing and I'm gonna retire and I'm gonna do that he was like nah let's let's do this um my uh our old pastor used to say um he wanted to make a dent with his dash right so you know in your headstone it'll say um born this year and then there's a dash and then the year of death and and that dash in between you have the opportunity to make an impact and he really wanted to make a dent with his dash and so I really um, am inspired by that and it shows that a lot of times some of the reasoning that we give ourselves for not doing stuff is self-imposed like I literally have no excuses this man had stage three cancer that then progressed to stage four cancer and continued to Um, have this taxing schedule and continue to do, you know, all of the things. And I know that self-care is important. Um, And I'm not saying that you run yourself into the ground because that is not okay. Um, But this is just a great lesson on not procrastinating. Um, I saw this really good IG post um, 
about how procrastination is birthed out of pride as if you are owed time from God. Like God owes you time. And pride is sin. And so therefore procrastination is sin. And I just am such a believer that delayed obedience is disobedience. And um, it just really made me ask, like, what excuses are we allowing to keep us out of position? And if you haven't explored that, I would just really ask God to show you those areas, right? Like God's grace allowed Chadwick to have the energy and strength to finish his assignment here. And I think that that is really a lesson to be learned um, by all of us. So as I said before, um, as believers, you know, we rejoice knowing that being absent from the body is to be present with God. And, you know, I just want to pray for the family, the friends, and the fans of our first black superhero. Um, We just really thank God for, you know, the life um, that Chadwick lived for God's glory, right? So this is all about um, God getting the glory out of this. And so thank you, Chadwick, just for your obedience. Um, as it blessed so many um, in the mountain of arts and celebration, and so I, I don't, I know I told you I've been reading that book, The Seven Mountain Prophecy. Arts and celebration is a mountain that we as believers should be taking back, and just the fact that he talked about how he wouldn't just play any kind of role, um, it really spoke something to me that he said in his speech that he lost a six-figure contract. Um, because he refused to be a victim (laughs) and that mentality definitely showed like you know he refused to allow cancer to be his legacy Um, so just thank you Chadwick Boseman for your obedience um, as it blessed so many in that mountain of arts and celebration that you were called to Um, well done sir Wakanda forever. Thank you for joining us for another episode of God, Goals, and Girl Talk. Email your questions to godgoalsandgirltalk at gmail.com to have them answered on the show or have a topic you'd like to hear discussed. Looking for a community of women who love God and live for the kingdom? Join our community, Hearts Over Habits, on Facebook. Like us on Instagram and check out our monthly God, Goals, and Girl Talk online events on Eventbrite. Remember, above all else, guard your heart. We'll see you next week. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.